My name is Adam of Grayskull. When good is threatened by the power of Eternia, I was summoned to the future by the last of mankind to defend them in their hour of need. My old enemy, Skeletor, followed me. Now, here in the future, he has found new allies to help him in his never-ending fight against all that is good. Yet on Primus, I too have found new brave friends and a new family. Thus, with the power of the good and the way of the magic, we struggle against the forces of darkness. Good against evil. The battle continues. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. Once again, not talking about G.I. Joe. Maybe we're just averse to Sigma 6, and we've done enough episodes, and we don't feel like doing more, but we have to. But instead, somehow we're watching something worse. Uh, New Adventures of He-Man. We'll get into it. This is Knowing is Half the Podcast, and I am Ray Stacanus. Marble Clark Chan. I'm Gina Ippolito. Gina, and and this is uh, TV's Striking. Gina Ippolito. That's oh. that's true. Uh, Are we allowed although, to talk about all the famous people that you're like making out with on the strike lines? Or listen, it's it's too hot. One of my greatest uh, regrets is that all of this sexiness is happening when it's too hot for me to enjoy it. Oh, that's a I need- that is the real shame. Let's end the strike or at least make it last through winter so Gina can enjoy the sexiness. Come on, producers. It's, it's summer. Isn't everybody supposed to be wearing like like two piece bikinis and stuff? It's so gross out there, Chan. That like like two piece bikinis when it's like eighty seven is a delight. Two piece bikinis when it's one hundred and ten degrees equals a pool of vagina and boob and penis and testicle sweat. Oh, nobody I wants wouldn't. that. Nobody. <laughs> I, Boy, uh, I got uncomfortable uh, just hearing halfway through it. You kept going. <laughs> I have an office uh, with very, the, very good Do anyone else think uh, the new adventures of old He-Man uh, starring Julia Louis-Dreyfus? I kept waiting for Clark Gregg to show up, uh, mm-hmm. and he didn't, and I was very upset. Uh, here's the deal. I didn't think of it while I was watching it. I did think of it when I started like trying to look for the Wikipedia page and I typed in the new adventures and the only thing it would populate was 36 versions of old Christine. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good um, show, man. But, you good know, show. it's kind of a good show. I'm not going to lie. I d- have seen a few episodes of it, mostly because it was on like Nick at Night or whatever. No. And, and, and I saw Coulson was on it for Marvel movies. And I was just like, I would watch this. And I did. The new adventures of old He-Man. He's getting back in the groove, getting back into his dating life. But also 10 years younger than standard He-Man. Uh, what is this He-Man? Future. So that's uh, how that works. This was, uh, uh, I assume I'm the only one who looked up the Wikipedia as per usual. How dare uh, you? Didn't I did not say that I did look it up, and then I realized I couldn't read, unfortunately. I looked it up just now. Uh, uh-huh. Turns out uh, my Google immediately populates New Adventures of He-Man because that's, uh, that's the kind of browser history I have. <laughs> it knows Fair you enough. love 80s cartoons and hate women. Yes. Hate, hate TV shows starring women. This came Just out in the fall them. of 1990, specifically because they wanted to release a new toy line, which is always a recipe for just a great, great show. 
Honestly, uh, and it's I like, hate every voice actor on it. Uh, and I mm-hmm. don't want to. I don't want to say anything against just people in general or voice actors in general. But I hope they all die. <laughs> Jeez. All Can right. I just say that Start I've been. Uh, I've been really getting into the uh, reading uh, things for my kid. Uh, Gross. Often involves you know like comic book type things, and so I've got to do a lot of different voices and. I've been feeling myself lately. I'm got you know what? I got some really solid voice work going on here. I should uh, I don't know, maybe try and dip my toe into those waters of voice Hell acting. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, and then I watched this and I'm like, oh no, that's what I sound like. Oh like, all my voices are like terrible or just like, you know, super bland or way over the top, like that fucking robot. Like they're just uh, we'll talk they, about all, that robot. I'm like a Canadian voice actor. Yeah, oh. so be better, man. You're yeah, not too you're not, not too old to learn. Sam, what are you about? Uh, clearly these those voices get booked. I uh, in Canada in nineteen ninety. I believe well, all of them were uh taken out in the purge of two thousand. Yeah, I would, voice I, would actor purge. I would wager none of them ever ever worked again. I would wager they all worked a ton because Deke era GI Joe also exists. Wow. Okay, look, I just I just uh, uh, moused over uh, the He Man voice actor Gary Chalk, and the first thing that pops up Beast Wars. So yeah. clearly, yeah, there it is. It's it's so here's the thing. Chan sent us two different links. One was for one was for like the intro. Oh, yeah. that's right. And one was for the episode itself. Uh and and I was like watching the intro, and the intro is basically like, oh, uh, He-Man goes to the future. And I was like, cool. And it was like, and Skeletor sort of follows him, and I was like, cool. Okay. It's supposed to be set in the set in the same universe as original He-Man was. It's supposed to keep up with the you know the continuity and everything it's just he-man is needed in the future so they're like hey let's suck this dude out of his own time and bring him here and skeletor was like i don't want him to have all the fun even though logically skeletor should have been like oh fuck the uh, my my main nemesis just got sucked to the future great i'll just take over the past uh first logic flaw uh but but he go you know he's 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 transported to primus the planet primus cool so far so far pretty cool gonna have myself (laughs) no i was gonna be curious because i didn't see any seas of cheese yeah weird uh but in, in the intro all of a sudden it's like i'm adam of grayskull and i'm gonna do stuff and i was like what is happening whose voice is that Yes. Why the is this happening? And no then sense. He-Man's voice is no better. And then Skeletor's voice is the worst. Okay. Well, no. Okay. I mean Skeletor has a just a voice. It's like a normal ass voice, which is would be fine for no. literally any other character yeah, in yeah, yeah. all of animated history. Listen, even in the movie, Skeletor is fucking Frank Langella. Like mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta get an actor who whose voice makes you tremble. This is like, this is like a D like this Skeletor like works at the DMV. Like he's like, Hey, you going to stand on that other line and then I'm going to take over your planet. And you're going to be like, Ugh, Skeletor, you're, you're the worst. You're yeah. The, the worst original Skeletor. voice of Skeletor. He was so good that they're making a movie that comes out this week about how his voice killed millions of people. That's what the Oppenheimer movie is about, right? So. <sighs> 
I'm just going to leave that big blank space there so everyone who's listening can share in our disdain. Can you edit in a longer pause? I don't think we need to because that is a criminally long pause in radio and broadcast, you know, uh, etiquette. No, that's Alan Oppenheimer. That's obviously what this Oppenheimer movie is about. Isn't it? Can we just move on and go back to bashing Canada? I doubt it. I'm pretty sure he's going to keep bringing this thing up because he thinks that, like, if he keeps doing it, eventually it will become funny. Chan, maybe we should uh, let ourselves get sucked to the future and hope he doesn't follow us. Um, I would be happy to get sucked off to the future. (laughs) Are y- y- y'all watching ghosts, right? American ghosts. All right. That's yeah, because me. like you see Barbie and then you see the movie about Alan Oppenheimer, the voice of Skeletor. Mm-hmm. That's that's what people are doing. Why, what else would you see a movie about Opp- in Oppenheimer? There's no other uh, Oppenheimers I can think of. If uh, no, hold on. I'm going to I'm going to come back to this. Uh, so, uh, um, go ahead and, uh, talk about yeah, so this episode is called a plague on Primus. All right. We're if finally- John Delancey <laughs> were in the movie <laughs> Barbie, then they could have a barbecue. Okay. For a moment there, I forgot, uh, the actor who played Q in Star Trek, <laughs> the next generation. And now I got it. Oh, and so uh, I you could have also say, done. I mean, I I literally am one hour into Mission Impossible 3, so you could have also done a Maggie Q reference. Oh, yes. Well, that, that QAnon movie is out in theaters right now no, with uh, Jim Caviezel. No, let's not give that any air. Let's not yeah. even talk about the it. The Lord. The Lord is in let's that not, movie. Let's mm-hmm. not give it any air. I don't want anyone listening to this podcast to even Google it. <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, there is a 100% chance you were aware that there is a QAnon movie in theaters right I, now. I I don't think that's true for everyone who listens to this podcast. Come on. I mean, surely on, there, are, there are children who listen to this podcast. Look, uh, I'm going to say right now, if Channing Sherman didn't know there was a QAnon movie in theaters right now, I will eat my hat. Channing Sherman, do not tweet that at us because then you Better are going tweet. to get weird, weird uh, uh, suggestions on your Google. You'll be in some sort of database. Okay, so this episode is back to the Robert Clark Chan tradition of don't watch the pilot. Jump to episode, what is this, 34 of yeah, New Adventures also, of He-Man? Like, it's crazy because it said this This ran in the fall of 1990, which basically means it, it was like one season. And this is episode 36? That's a long season. 65 episodes, 65 man. 65 episodes, the day, yeah. did it up. That is, well, that, that's crazy. You think it's, about it, it ran all five days of the week, so they needed a lot of episodes to fill airtime. Oh, so that's, that's what, true. That's like 13 weeks of yeah. five episodes. I mean, that's normal for what this is, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, boy, it, it shows, doesn't it? And, and the, a plague on Primus is the episode. I'll say it again. This is the female empowerment episode of the new adventures of He-Man. Mm. Oh, that's what happened to those women. I, I think that's what the I think that's what the intention is. <laughs> now, did they stick the landing? Did they pull it off? Only time will tell. But I will tell you right now, the answer is, uh, is probably uh, they did let's not. Start right why at the does every He-Man, why does every future He-Man iteration hate women? Like the like when you look at it, it's crazy that the original is the most pro-woman of them all. Like what they're are you talking like, okay, about? 
Gina, the Kevin Smith one has basically your three female protagonists and took He-Man and Skeletor off the table. We're not going to go back to that debate. Uh That is so empowering to women. Oh, my God. I can't believe you hate women to think that that doesn't love uh, uh, and cherish women. I mean, that basically uh, solved sexism in America. Yeah, it's done. It's over ever since that came out. I... I have a theory on why this episode is the way it is, and we'll get there. <laughs> Does it involve uh, pizza places and basements and children? <laughs> yeah. Jim, Co- Jim Caviezel's our guest this week. He's going to talk all about Stop women. talking about <laughs> it. We're going to be on some sort of like pedophile religious list. Look, if you if you don't support the QAnon movie, I got to question what you've got in your basement. That's all I'm trying to say. Also, we already I know am, what I have in my basement. Oh, yeah, we, we already know that you have length. kidnapped a lot of 24-year-old men, and they are currently in your basement. <laughs> you know what? I've got the wrong people here to talk about this with. That's clearly it. You, I think the QAnon movie hits Gina a little too close to home, and that's why she wants us ixnaying it as soon as possible. This holds up. Mm-hmm. That's my theory. Uh, 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 um, I before we like we've already we talked about how the started. voices are awful. They're terrible. The art is also terrible. It the is character's not design is awful. Like it's this guy's good. named Skeletor, and he has I don't know a, a corn face. It's not <laughs> a, a corn cob head or anything <laughs> skeleton related. Let me tell and, you, I got a pencil top when I was in fifth grade of this like corn guy with like wiggly arms and legs and his head was just like pure corn cob. That is who Skeletor is in this episode of He-Man. Everything about it is... Ta- and look, I love voice actors. I think this is well-established. Voice actors are basically my favorite people on the planet. If I could only hang out with voice actors from now till the end of time, I would be so happy, so much happier. And I think this is some of the worst voice acting and I and I, I, I it hurts me to say it. I just wrote here this Skeletor voice not good. This He Man voice terrible. This robot voice Cham. Uh, okay, we'll get to the robot voice. We'll get to the robot voice. Can I just voice. say? I'll just say this about the robot voice. It like that to me was the most in line with like this 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 robot is clearly trying to fill the void of Orco. And like Orko's voice was similarly annoying. Sa- same with like Cringer. Like they're sort of like the the wimpy, whiny ones. Sure. At least this robot made a choice. The other ones seem like it's like a community theater reading where these guys showed up and like night of, they were like, hey, we couldn't get the rights to Glass Menagerie. So we're doing an episode of the new Adventures of Old He-Man instead. You be He-Man, you be... You be Prince Adam and you be Skeletor. And the guys are like, uh, do we need to do voices or anything? And they're like, no, 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 no. Just just go out there. Just go out well, there. Well, here's the thing. No, some of them do because multiple times during uh, this episode, I wrote in my notes, all caps, dumb voice or <laughs> dumb voice. Like it's like the choice they made is just bad. Okay, Skeletor. So why'd you drag us to this Gorn City dive? I hope it's to buy us some pictures of lemonade. <laughs> that is a voice that I would use to read a comic book to my <laughs> five-year-old. Oh, my That's God. Perfect for that. I mean, this is why your kid's going to be in therapy then. Your kid's just going to go to therapy and be like, my dad really phoned it in when he read me comic books when I was little. No, he's going to watch one of these episodes and go, Dad? <laughs> 
Why did you tell me? Oh my God. <laughs> it's so, it's just so upset. And they're talking about like pitchers of lemonade. And I just, I, I'm, I, they, they lost me like 10 seconds in. They're already losing me. Like, I was yeah. very upset. I, I get like uh, the, the sidekicks or the, the, uh, um, what do you call those? The henchmen are, are dumb, but oh my God, just next level bullshit. It's just, there's dumb, and then there's, like, incredulously dumb. And they just, they hit me with that. And the, the, the whole plot here, they got a fear gas, uh, a fear gas that they worked out. They they spray it on the toughest street fighter in this tough neighborhood, where there's, like, neon flashing lights, and it looks, like, fairly, like, civilized. Not no, a neon thing flashing lights was He-Man. always, in the 80s, they always used that to signify, like, ooh, this is a seedy area. Like, anytime... Right. Like that, that's, that's how, you know, it was CD in the eighties. Like that's some real, that's some like movie shit. Any movie with Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger, like when it was like, I know a guy, but we're going to have to go to a neighborhood. It's like, they play like saxophone music and then you see neon flashing lights. Yeah. If you remember any of the underground scenes from Demolition Man, they look exactly like this. Yeah. So I would say this is accurate. This is, this is, listen, listen, I don't like this episode, but there are a couple things that I did not hate. No, and mild world building stuff I think they did right. I'll say it. Wait, say should, did we, I'm surprised we didn't play right. any of the intro. Chan, why don't you play the intro? Oh, yeah, intro? we didn't. Thank oh, you, why, Gina. Why Chan. don't we? Because it's trash? No, I mean, but hear that's, it. that's what people want to hear. They want to hear trash. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, clearly because they made us uh, uh, do this. Uh, also, let's, let's uh, um, mention that uh, this was... Uh, suggested to us by patron Vincent Flores. Thank yeah. you, Vincent. Well done, not, sir. Not only a patron, but also Florio? the creator of uh, the art for the season. Uh, yeah, take a Thank, look and we appreciate you, Killing Vincent. It. You're a G. Um, so they, they spray this tough guy, Street Fighter, uh, who just looks like, like Stretch Armstrong. He looks like some big, muscly idiot. And then he gets immediately scared and runs away. I don't want to fight. Wait, Stretch Armstrong is your reference for a big, muscly guy? Isn't it everybody's? This guy doesn't have any stretching abilities. No, but I mean, like the look, the general clean. You literally blonde. could have said anyone. <laughs> like you could have said original He-Man. Stretch Armstrong implies that he was stretchy. I, I mean, I don't think he does. Guys, Chan? I'm going to need a ruling on this from the people at home. Hashtag no, you Chan. can reference Stretch Armstrong without him being stretchy or hashtag Gina is right. I already know where this is going now that I've said it. That does not matter. I'm asking <laughs> yeah. for it anyway. Yeah. Honestly, my reference here is uh, uh, the Jim Starlin character, Magus, but that's kind of a niche reference. So, wow, Wow, I'm going to let that be what it is. Okay. And for you, like three or four Dreadstar heads out there, um, you know, your old uh, old Infinity Gauntlet folks, like, you know, what's up? Yeah. Uh, Oh, we never, Chen, you never played that intro. I don't want you to get (laughs) it. I know, I know. No, you're going to play that intro, please. We got to hear. The people demand it. The funny thing is the people at home, because I put the intro at the front of the show. So this is going to be an actual retread, but not for us before I've done that. So please, Chan, give us a little taste. My name is Adam of Grayskull. When good is threatened by the power of Eternia. No, okay, that's enough. I don't actually want to. The power of Boy, Eternia? That's, that's l- layers of bad. What? Why are we even bothering calling, say, power of Eternia instead of power of Grayskull? Like, was that literally something that was uh, um, 
uh, trademarked and they were unable to use for this version because it wasn't Seems weird. No, I think because his because uh, Eternia was the planet where they were from, and so right. now that he's on a different planet, they wanted to remind people I like to link a better it show. back. Didn't we just say it was the same planet? It's no, not it's the prim- same. Planet. It's Primus. It's, it's a different Primus. planet. It's not Eternia. Oh. Yeah, they were on Eternia. Then he was sucked Jeez. to the future on Primus because Primus was in peril. How am Although, I following this sure- show better than Chan? This is embarrassing for you. Although I'm not totally sure, I'm not totally clear on, and maybe they covered this, I'm sure they covered this in like the pilot, but it seems like whatever peril Primus was undergoing, uh, like, and and they were like, oh, we got to like suck a dude all the way from the past. Say what now? Uh, And then they also brought Skeletor. It seems like maybe they did more harm than good. That's a great point. (laughs) Like they were dealing with a mutant problem. So they're like, let's bring in He-Man to deal with the mutants. I'm just assuming because there's mutants everywhere. No, I thought mutants were members of society. Not all of these characters were mutants, which was confusing to me as well. Um, You guys are really stereotyping mutants here, and I don't care for it. I mean... They can play in their own mutant football league. I don't need them inter- interfering in my football league. Take a look at every one of these uh, sidekicks and tell me they don't look like mutants. They all do to me. I think that they're, they're the dregs of society and Skeletor is like uh, whipping them up just like, you know, certain politicians do to certain other outsider feeling groups. Well, uh, it's, it's and, a- and they, he's making an army. The intro said like He-Man was able to find allies, but so was Skeletor. But but I'm not I'm not totally clear on like is it? It, it seems like maybe it's like uh, you know like oh Primus was in danger, but we don't know from what. I hope it wasn't anything I, like. I hope it was what I hope whatever it was was more serious than Skeletor. Otherwise, the cure is worse than the disease here. That is a fact. That is a fact. I what else could it be? I guess it, there are thirty. 30- what five episodes that it could have been yeah yeah, yeah yeah so i we will never know because we'll never oh. we will not be doing a full series watch of this i finally um, realized uh, like the names all suck obviously yeah. but like like critter i was like what is that a critter like, you normally got like ram man or you know like many faces there yeah. are things that sort of Great reference name. their deal and so i'm like critter is that like britta but like she's super critical and then I realized, oh, it's Critter. It's yeah. She's like a creature, yeah. I guess. She's a wicked little Critter. Who's a, who, who is a mutant. And so apparently are all of these characters mm-hmm. who are not uh, uh, Skeletor. Yeah. Um, yeah. It seems, seems evident. Well, one of news. them is named, oh, it's spelled K-A-R-A-T-T-I. And Karate? Would you guess that he is a mutant with deadly martial arts skills? <laughs> oh, snap. How about that? I mean, well, there's something, how fortuitous. There's something uh, comforting in the fact that in the 900 years or however long it's been since Eternia was around, that they have not upgraded their naming game. I guess that is uh, some comfort. <laughs> well, uh, g- good news on the fear gas. It doesn't work on mutants and it doesn't work on women. Yeah, Very this, this this point, first of all, I'm not sh- totally sure how the science works. I mean, I guess it has to it it has to only target 
like a certain chromosome or whatever, but... Okay, well, look, the Chinese have been working on bioweapons. Thank uh, you. I, I got this from uh, RFK. RFK Jr., so you yep. know that it's legit. And uh, they, these diseases will only uh, kill uh, uh, women okay. and, uh, and uh, mutants. Is it called and, uh, the disease of shopping? <laughs> also, uh, Jews. Also, Jews. Uh, this I knew this was the right episode to book, book both RFK Jr. and Jim Caviezel. <laughs> mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So, guys, come on into the room. Uh, yes, thank you. Go ahead and have a seat. Oh my um, God! What if Jim Caviezel becomes like the PR dude for RFK? Ugh, someone, Jeez. someone posted today that he's absolutely going to run for something someday, and it depressed me more than I can say. No. Oh. But if I don't, Jim why Caviezel, don't want to talk about him. If Jim Caviezel <laughs> does the the cane from WWE move and finds a podunk <laughs> town to be mayor of that nobody cares about, and mm-hmm. he does that for like a decade and mm-hmm. stays out of our lives, that's great. I say go get it. It was going to be some weirdo anyway in there. It might as well be the Lord. Uh, I mean, so Carmel here was my here mayor, was my right? initial thought of about this gas. This is this is classic classic you know scarecrow from Batman fear gas. It makes sure. it, I mean it doesn't make their worst nightmares come true. It just makes them generally afraid of whatever the situation <laughs> is at hand. Mm-hmm. Generally less, jittery. Yeah, it's less cool that at least scarecrow was cool. like, hey, cool. Now you're gonna see like your your worst nightmare for you know for Batman in the animated series. It was that his dad was not proud of him and thought he had wasted his life. For some people, it was heights. In this, it's just like whatever you're doing at that time, you're like generally uncomfortable about. So if you're flying, you're like, oh, no, I don't like flying. If you're like eating a meal, it's like, what if I eat too much, which is much lamer than Scarecrow. But here's my here's my like, like there were parts of this where I was like, this could be so cool. So Skeletor basically says to this pink skinned mutant lady and his other man mutants, like I developed this fear gas the good thing is that it only works on men. Uh, which, first of all, why? Like, why? Fuck you, Skeletor. Uh, you're not worried about... If if Tila was around, she'd be like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Like, I'll kick your ass myself. Beat all her but whatever. He developed this gas. So now, I, like, I want this mutant lady to be like, oh, yeah, you can totally trust me with this gas. I'll, I'll handle it for you. And then fucking boom, reverse it on Skeletor and be like, I'm in charge now, bitch. Well, that is one of my questions about this plan, because Skeletor is neither a female nor a mutant, near as I can tell. So why is he creating something that could ultimately be used easily to defeat him in the first place? Seems a little sketch as the plan goes. I mean, it doesn't matter because it never comes back to bite him in the ass. Not uh, even once. Not, not even a little bit, does it? I mean, even in Batman, at some point, the Scarecrow has the gas used on him. In, in pretty much every iteration, he has he has his fear, his fear toxin used on him. It's I believe truth. it also happened in Arrow with their fear-based storyline. But this is just like, oh, you thought we were going to do that? No, we're not. So disappointment number one, pink-skinned mutant lady didn't immediately turn the tables on him. And then, she and has then, a name. It's Krita. Chitara. It's, oh, my God. Britta, like the uh, no character. <laughs> uh, and this brings us to our robot announcer friend. Uh, I just, I just, I need the sound poll for this. And then Chan, uh, well, we'll get to that in a second. Um, cause I realized who this character is and why I found him so annoying. <laughs> but first let's hear the original. It's a fantastic day here at the Bonajet Speedway. Just 
just it's like they took Orko's voice and pitched it up like two octaves. And I remembered like, why is this annoying me more than it should? And it's because I realized this is this is a, it's higher pitched than it. But along the same lines as Claptrap, the uh, robot annoyance from the Borderlands series of games. And uh, if I Chan, I said to put a video in the chat, if you could just uh, give me a little voice sample of that. And it's not dissimilar. Great. Another deadbolt hunter. Handsome Jackson. Busy. Uh, okay, I see what you're going for mm. there. Yeah, it's annoying small robot that I just. Uh, uh, the good news is, I you know, I, I this character is only in our lives intermittently. Claptrap is in your lives the entirety of the Borderlands franchise, <laughs> and uh, and it is terrible. I mean, intentionally terrible. He is meant to annoy you. That is his goal in the game. But still, oh, well, no, this character is definitely meant to annoy us, right? I, I mean, was Orko? Again, I, I think he, like, Orko was annoying but endearing, and I think that's the same sweet spot. I oh mean, boy. it's certainly no, like, various robots from Andor, for example. Like, you don't you don't want to immediately adopt him and love him. Marva. Why? Marva. Are you telling me that you are endeared to this this no i'm beast? saying he i'm saying two little kids that's clearly what he's supposed to he's supposed so. to be like oh gosh he's like so annoying because he's like such a scaredy cat uh but you know think, like like adults yeah. find him annoying kids are just like Haha, he's so dumb but like we all thought orco sucked like even as kids didn't we i feel like we did I want to say I did. I better. I better be talking to Young Ray and be like, "You better find this guy annoying." I don't think you did. I might not have. Now I'm now I'm mad at myself. Great. Uh, now we have undeniably the coolest thing about this episode is the fact they have F zero races, and uh, uh, it's kind of cool. I believe it's known as bullet jet racing. That's even cooler, quite honestly. Bullet I, jet racing. Sign no. me up now. I have questions like the rules. I want to get into it at the end of the episode because we do come back to the races again. And I clearly, uh, let's just lay it out here. There are four racers, two men and two women. Uh, they're all main characters from He-Man's crew. And there's an entire like NASCAR like arena of people watching these races. It's apparently this is their big sport. This is the big thing they do. Uh, Mara, uh, one of the female characters, is leading the race, and one of the characters in the crowd turns to the other and says, I don't know if you have the sound pull ready, Chan, but just one of the weirdest things I've ever heard a character say, um, unprompted from nothing, basically, in any cartoon we've ever watched. Look, Mara's just taken the lead. Well, she does excel at everything she does. What? <laughs> what a weird thing to say. Uh... Yeah, I, I have some thoughts about this that I will that I will I will tie together later on. Yeah, I want to talk about the, the, the gist of it is and, and really quick uh, is is Mara's leading the race near as I could tell Tuscador, the bravado male uh, friend of He-Man uh, ends up being better at racing. Yeah, and so just, he wins the race. Yeah, and everybody no... gets mad at him. There's no, uh, there's no, well, no, only the women get mad, which, which really paints them in a negative light because like the two women are like, oh, like, like he basically gets in front of her and she's like, Hey, you cut me off, which like, yeah. isn't, isn't how racing works by the I mean, way. Here's the thing. It might be, it might be that there are rules against it. 
In which case, that means then we are supposed to be rooting for a piece of shit who cheats to win. That's the thing. Yeah, he's no- a hero. He's another hero. Yeah, but but I, I think that they're trying to set up that like she should have won, but he did this thing, but they should have just had him either out and out cheat or do something like uh, you know like bumper bumper at least yeah like yeah like something because this to to, as far as i can tell is not explicitly illegal because Mm -hmm. everyone sees him do it and then the other the one other woman in the race is like i saw what he did and that's so not fair and it's like is it not like when you're fucking running a race if you run and you pass someone you get in front of them that's how Mm -hmm. racing works like literally he just did did wrong he did a normal racing move that you see in any race ever and Which they he, all get they get so mad and it's just like just yeah he won he's better so so just the two chicks get mad he was faster which is how he gets in front of her just the two chicks get mad and then he is like i guess like kind of a dick about it does he say anything to her i mean i mean who's sort of just I, like yeah i won like i don't know like i i'm i, I, I I rewatched it to make sure I wasn't like missing something, but like uh, it just seems like he just wins the race and they can't handle it. Well, here's what she says. When you cut me off, hey, all spare in love and bullet jet racing. So yeah, like not like and not even like I okay. Here's my first. Here's my first bet, and I'm going to do this several times throughout the episode. Okay. My, my first bet would be that the first draft of this had him doing something and saying something more dickish. Mm-hmm. And then the execs being like, well, he's still a good guy. And we yeah. and like, you know, a lot like execs will say this thing in in meetings is a little peek behind the corner uh, behind the curtain about protecting no, the now. character. They'll say like, oh, well, we need to protect this character. And basically what they're saying is this character can't do something so irredeemable that next episode we can't return to the status quo. Like we don't want people thinking about this thing. So I would wager maybe that he did something like he bumped her and then she was like, hey. And then he like said, like, get out of the way, you stupid cunt. And then probably the cartoon people were like, hey, can we tone it down a little bit? Like many, many things. uh, I was with you up until you started saying cunt. Um, That's usually how uh, our our conversations go. Weirdly (laughs) enough, I was against you until you said it. And then I was totally on board. I don't know why. No, uh, it worked no. out that way. Weird. So, Weird. This yeah. Um, so yeah, first first problem with this episode that uh mutant lady doesn't immediately gas Skeletor and take power for herself. Second part, these chicks look crazy during this race for being mad that he was following normal race protocol. Yeah, you cut me off. Yeah. I mean, uh, yes, I did. <laughs> like I I find his response to be totally reasonable. It's also weird that in this race, they stop to have conversations with each other as they're going. Like, I found that to be a little weird yeah. as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. He wins the race. That's all. Plot-wise, he wins the race. Or The ladies are a little salty about it. And then and it he sets says. Up later. The ladies never had a chance. Of all the egotistical males. So oh, that like, was kind of dick. That was dickish. That was yeah, a dick thing right. to say. I mean, still, it's not. I wanted to go further. Yes. Like, but I that, want that him sounds- to be. That I want him to be like, like no woman will ever beat a man. But yeah. I think again, I think the network was probably like, hey, we can't, we don't want them to not like him next episode. 
Yeah, he's not full Jordan uh, Peterson at that point, but like, it's not good. It's not a good look. I mean, here's the thing. It's fine. I'm, I'm it's never going talk. to like this character. This character is terrible. I mean, he's it's, good at racing. He's got something I can re- I can respect. He's got some regular I can trash upon. talk. He's not even on Saboba level. Yeah, true. Um, so uh, cut to and this is crazy to me because he gets like a, a, a an emergency message from part of the team. Like as he's like still in the race car, <laughs> you know, hey, we found a ship uh, floating in space. And he says, OK, well, obviously you checked out the ship to make sure that like, you know, it was it was fine. He's, they're all like, oh, yeah, dude, we totally checked it out. And it turns out evil lady with fear gas is on board and just dunks on them. And I'm like, how is everyone here so bad at their jobs? Uh, yeah, this is absolutely uh, um, uh, alien issues. Like, oh, we're just going to bring this thing in. And our quarantine is we yeah. put it in the back seat. That's that's the quarantine. I will say, like, the only and again, this is the only episode of this that we've watched, but it's possible, like in original on Eternia, in original Eternian people, among the Eternian people, they were all like trained warriors, they were royalty. Sure. It's possible that this society, until He-Man got here, was just like a bunch of doofs. And then He-Man was like, hey, we need to straighten up because question mark, whatever was destroying their planet or something. Uh, sure. Like, so he was like a Sergeant Slaughter that got everybody. I like this. I mean, okay, I mean, you're winning maybe. me over. That's the only thing I can think, which would sort of explain why they're why they're a little lax about everything. But I don't know. And I, I question a lot. Uh, there's a lot of questions I have about the plan because Skeletor's plan here and follow me, follow me along. Okay. Uh, uh, it clearly works. She gets on board the ship by pretending to be floating in space. Um, and then they, nobody checks the ship. And so she gasses the, uh, the pilots who now are afraid of flying. She takes over and flies it. She flies above this one racetrack, blowing fear gas all over it. So all of the men uh, are now totally scared. And everybody immediately jumps to the conclusion, oh, no, he gassed this one racetrack. On the, and, and so the entire planet is doomed. And I kept like, how does that work? He gasses. Is the, is all of the population of Primus <laughs> centered around this one racetrack? A good question. Because it seems like a very large planet, and they don't have that big of an army. They do not have a planetary occupation force. All of Primus is now saturated with fear gas. The entire planet is in panic. Yeah, entire planet. I haven't seen evidence okay. of that. I guess is what I'm saying. I mean, they maybe only, the winds carried it. They only focus on this one spot on the planet. Where I guess we're just supposed to assume this is happening, but they only have a they they only have a force big enough to occupy the racetrack and just barely. I don't I don't get how this is happening. Very tiny planet. I think it's windy, but it's not. I think they do it on a windy day, and those winds carry it. Um, He Man says I have to transform from Adam to He Man. Now the fact this is crazy to me. How they go out. This is this plot hole number two, and it just occurred to me. They go out of their way to get He-Man from another planet to deal with their problems, and yet he still comes over and tries to maintain a secret identity. Oh, but like, I wasn't... I wasn't... I did not realize that that's what he was doing. I thought it was just like, sometimes he's Adam when he like doesn't want to expend too much muscle energy. But like, why? I, I could be He-Man all the time. I don't understand, because... 
Prince Adam would also be a new character on this planet when you bring He-Man in. I That's assume, a. W- this is I weird. I assumed he like landed on the planet and was like, "Hey guys, ha- like sometimes I'm Prince Adam." Like I just, I assumed that like everyone knows about him, like the Hulk. Like they're like, "Oh, so sometimes he's just like a normal chill dude, but then when we need him to fight, he transforms. He's 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 Hulk I, I, and not." I assume, of course, you're talking about Hulk Hogan, and <laughs> that like he walks All around wearing the shirt most of the time. <laughs> But sometimes he tears his shirt off. Uh-huh. That's exactly um, yeah. what I mean. But I don't think they're treating him like he's, except for his, like, crew. They're not, like, treating Adam like he's him. I don't know. It's a little bit weird. It's like the when the Mighty Ducks, when uh, we, a long time ago, and you guys, it was an episode without the two of you, which is crazy to think about how long ago that was. We did a Mighty Ducks episode where people were aware of the existence of alien ducks and were aware that there were only, like, five of them. And then later on, a team of mutant ducks becomes really good at hockey and nobody could put together that the five crime fighters who are ducks on a planet of humans might also be the same five ducks who are good at hockey and playing professional hockey. Nobody could put this together despite what I just told you. And that's a little bit of the vibe I get here. I mean, you just don't expect a duck to be good at hockey. I have no memory of this. Also, I am not. I am still not convinced that he's maintaining a secret cover. I, I, I think that if they had the power to pull him from the past, they knew his story. And just sometimes he's Adam, and sometimes he's He Man. But they know he's the same guy. It's a little weird. Uh, I also, am going I just, to I, yes, go send ahead. a picture uh, in reference to the aforementioned uh, 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 Hulk Hogan scenario. Stop sending um, us pictures of your dick wearing a Hulk Hogan t-shirt, Chan. Uh, it's exciting when I tear it off. Is the <laughs> thing. So this is a picture of Adam. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, that's Adam. Name, I just T-Man. Man. Uh, as you can see, he <laughs> is piloting a ship, uh, which is an ordinary vehicle on this planet, Primus, much like driving a car. Okay. He is shirtless, because He-Man does not wear a shirt. And I would suggest to you that if you were driving a car under ordinary circumstances, you would like to be wearing a shirt. That is why he adopts the role of Adam. Because He-Man doesn't get to do that. He <laughs> is bound by uh, immutable laws of the universe that force him to not wear a shirt. Uh, and somehow a bandolier? Or is that just a belt? Is that just a belt that he's think, wearing around? I think his maybe just shoulder? a belt. I thought in the state of Texas, it was actually like legal. You couldn't wear a shirt while you were driving. I mm. mean, we're not in Texas, though, are we? We're in Primus. Mm, Very different laws. No, you're right. No, it's, it's all tracks. Um, the thing that I just wrote here is that this is just not my He-Man. Hashtag not my He-Man. Oh, mm. man. Uh, I just I reject this character outright. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing about this makes me happy. Uh, he's he's just he's just not He-Man. I'm sorry. He's just not effing He-Man. That's not Skeletor. That's not He-Man. I have a lot of trouble getting my talons into finding anything that I'm enjoying about this episode so far. Uh, It just doesn't make sense. And they didn't even have the decency to use the versions of the characters that I already am familiar with and enjoy. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here when he pulls out his sword and he shoots a lasso made of laser beams out of it? That grabs... The he ship out of midair and pulls it down. Shira's goddamn sword. It's like, ridiculous. Shira got got the short uh, end of the stick on so many things. The one cool thing she could do is she had a sword that did all kinds of awesome stuff. Whereas He Man just had a sword that glowed, and that's it. 
And that's and not even the same sword, Chan. Without it's yeah, a bullshit I mean, sword. I mean, maybe he didn't bring his sword back through through time with him. Maybe he needed to find a new sword. Uh, okay. Here's here's what I'm gonna say. Here's another. This is this is if you pitch to me like a key man episode where it starts with like the really strong women di- being disrespected, Skeletor invents a gas that makes the men super afraid. And so all the women on the planet basically have to save the the pussy ass afraid men and beat back Skeletor. I am mm-hmm. on board. That is a great pitch. As an executive, I'm like, hell yeah. Having He-Man be immune to this and mm-hmm. then being the one who saves the day mm-hmm. pissed me mm-hmm. off more than yeah. anything mm-hmm. ever in the history of humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh because here's the thing and and i'm gonna say it again i think that in the first draft i think that they said okay so he man's very afraid the women saved the day and i think the execs came back and they said are like boys don't want to watch girls be heroes girls will watch anything boys don't want to watch like boys have to be saved by girls and also we don't want he man to look weak and I- so so fix it. And I think it's so stupid because it would have been such a great episode if he was just immobilized yes. the entire episode. But instead, he's immune. And then he's like, OK, ladies, why don't you just sort of like stay here and bake? And well, then I'm going to save the day just in time. Almost exactly the same animation or at least the same uh, uh, plot structure as it is now by because at the end he specifically says thanks to the women and this fucking robot who saved the day if he he's like i'm going to pretend to be scared but if he was genuinely scared the robot has to take him and for some reason or another you know he's big and strong so he he they need him to like lift the the ice or whatever the water um he's there and it's the robot that saves the day, shows up being cool, and then they don't come back um, until the women have beaten the mutants. Yes, Then yes. he comes back, does the rain, and everybody's okay. All you, th- all you have to do is just, like, shift things over by just, like, a, a couple of minutes, and the women have saved the day. The robot has, has made, you know, something interesting, even though he's a piece of shit who sounds like a g- goddamn uh, uh, chipmunk on heroin <laughs> and uh, made this interesting. And right now it's just trash. Yeah. And, and, and I would, again, I would wager that the original version was he's genuinely afraid. The, the women are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And then they made such such minor changes, but I guarantee you, at some point, someone was like, "Oh no, we can't have He Man being afraid." And then this was probably like pretty far along into the writing process. At which point, the writers were like, "Well, the fuck are you talking about? Like, we're we need to hand this in in two days." And the writers were just like, "Fuck it, I don't care. Let's have him pretend." And the execs were like, "Great, yeah, just have him pretend." Just have him pretend to be afraid. It would have been so much more interesting. I mean, in Batman, the animated series, he's genuinely afraid. And the whole episode, he keeps having these flashes of it, but he's trying to overcome it. And he essentially has to has to like basically form an antidote, but also get okay with the fact that his dead dad does not think he's a failure. And it's much more effective than if the scarecrow had gassed Batman and Batman said to Alfred, like, he, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to pretend to be afraid, Alfred. 
I hate it. You yep. know, G.I. Joe, Sunbow G.I. Joe did this same structure in their episode Spell of the Siren, although those people knew what they were doing. So legitimately, they just had Lady Cobra soldiers and the Baroness uh, rocking against CoverGirl, Lady J, and Scarlet. while the men were all sidelined for this episode, and it effing rocked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was great. It just it turned the whole series kind of on its ear and f- had us focus on these other characters. And 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 I remember that specifically because I'm like, wow, they they did it right. And this is the example classically of doing it wrong. Just tragic. I, I still don't. Uh, ugh, it's so upsetting here. Uh, also, they uh, the, the heroes on the ground when Krita uh, 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 shows up and she says, you know, I've got a fear gas. You're all crushed. We're going to win. And then they say, we can't stop your plan, but we could just grab you right now and like throw you in jail. And that probably helps us win this race a lot. And and what's really dumb about this is they capture her just long enough for her to tell uh, for, for her to like tell the plan. And then she literally just walks away one minute later and gets back in the ship and leaves. How incompetent. How incompetent are these characters that we're trying to base the episode around these? Uh, uh, I have Mara and Drizzly. I don't know if that's her name, but that's what I, I kept hearing. No, no, it's just very right. upsetting. Uh, but the, the plot revolves around He-Man or they, I don't remember who figures it out. There's the healing waters of Enos. It's the old, the old man the in old man. between okay. his fear is like, oh no, I have some memory of it, which also is interesting. Like this old man to me is probably the most interesting character because he's the one who is trying to work through his fear Agreed. to still help. Like he, like yeah. this, I mean, and I, I assume he's like an old wizard. Uh, I mean, whatever the original wizard and the original was a woman. And it was a sorceress, but whatever. Jesus. Now it's an old man instead. All I'm saying is if if is if this happened on original Eternia, Tila and the Queen would be like, oh shit, okay, we seem to be immune to this. And Tila would be like, no fucking problem. I got this, bitches. And then she would have been like, she would have told the Queen, hey, like you and the sorceress figure out a cure for this. I'm going to beat back the bad guys. And that mm-hmm. would have been how fucking awesome would it have been if like the sorceress had told the queen, oh my God, there are like these healing waters. They've been lost for a while. You need to go on a quest to find them. The queen is on a quest. Tila is like seven samurai this shit or something and making and like then making like fake warriors to make it look like she's got more numbers. I'm just saying, let me rewrite this one episode of the new adventures of old He-Man and, mm-hmm. and it would be, it would win you an Emmy Hasbro. Well, just, and there, I have a, okay. And the actual plot, the actual plan of Skeletors, we'll get into it in a moment. Cause I have thoughts on that too. Um, it, it's regrettable, but Chan, you, you had something to say. I was looking at the Wikipedia and you got your main characters, He-Man and Skeletor. Those are at uh-huh. the top. Uh-huh. Then they list off the Galactic Guardians, the Evil Mutants of Denebria, other characters. Uh, so like the second tier, uh, all of He-Man's friends are the Galactic Guardians. Uh, Flipshot, mm-hmm. dude. Hydron, dude. Ko, dude. Nocturna, dude. Vizar, dude. Tuscador, dude. Artilla, dude. Spinwit, dude. Sagittar, Dude, there is not a single woman here. The women in this are the assistant oh, of the uh, sage. No. And uh, oh, what is she? She's a uh, uh, Drizzy tends to the animals on the planet of 
Primus Hell versus no. Oasis. I assume like, that they were warriors like Tila. Mm-mm. But no. even all that, why are they the ones racing? Why are they the ones in this four-person race? They seem well that. down the totem pole. Because, because they had to dig down to find oh my any God. women who had speaking roles of any kind. So upsetting. It's so upsetting. Yeah. Worse. Uh, we find out He-Man's fine. Surprise. Uh, uh, he was faking it. Uh, Gleep. His robot friend will help him because he thinks it's going to be look good on his resume. The fuck uh, is his name? The Gleep? fuck are we talking about? I mean, this is like he's trying to do a bit of like, you want me to act? Okay, well, at least it'll look good on my on my resume that I can act. I did this. I didn't hate this. Is I the didn't... world of Primus a world of agents, headshots, and auditions? Because I did not get that vibe. <laughs> but it has to exist in the world for the you're joke ma- to make sense. You're angrier at this than the hatred of women. I see how it is. <laughs> I can be angry at both in equal measures, and I also can see how that looks bad. Um, <laughs> crap. Um, uh, commercial break. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. In his mighty fortress, Prince Adam transforms into He-Man. I have the power! And now it's He-Man versus the evil Skeletor. Skeletor alone is no match for He-Man, but there's the ferocious fangs of Panthor. Scratch that, He-Man's got Battle Cat. Now it's a fight with bite and a mass of missiles. That was close, but He-Man's mighty sword is closer. So long, Skeletor. New He-Man, Skeletor, Battle Cat, and Panther figures each sold separately. Back to G.I. Joe. Okay, I'm saved by the commercial break. <laughs> well, if you remember to put it in here. Also, unfortunate, we'll that you, unfortunate that you chose a commercial about how people should punch more women. Yeah, I should not <laughs> have put that uh, Hustlers University ad right there. That was a mistake. Look, uh, you got to pay the bills. What I are you going to do? Look, I mean, I just <laughs> want you to be better. Cover it all. I want you to be better. Sometimes um, you have to have punching university. Is that what that is? Don't worry about that. Women punchers, you? I don't. Uh, yeah. Uh, listen, again, don't ask where the money comes from. Just appreciate that it's there. Um, this is where Skeletor sends in the mutants. And this is where I wrote the. I wrote down, is this over yet? I, I found it's about nine and a half minutes into this 20 minute episode. And I have now completely checked out. I'm, I'm gonna, very unhappy we're watching this. I'm going to send Clark another Chan picture. broken my spirit again. That I, that I hope uh, uh, will eventually make it onto the Twitter. Um, I didn't notice this at first and it was, uh, somewhere around these parts around like the eight to 10 minute mark that I realized Skeletor has got giant flaming nipples, (laughs) just bright light nipples. It's like, he's got a, he's got some sort of breastplate. That's fine. Black (laughs) metal. And then just bing. I did not notice that because I just assumed they they were it was designed to look like eyes. But you're right, it does look like Why? Light, Why? light up nipples, Why? which is and also what it would look like on the toy too. 
Why? But why in the Skeletor design? I'll go one step further. One, he has eyeballs. Weird. Second off, he has very pinchable cheeks and like mm-hmm. buck teeth on the top and bottom. He, he looks does. like a goddamn chipmunk <laughs> and it's upsetting. Like a chipmunk. It's yep. a goddamn chipmunk. It's a very strange design. Once again, I blame the Canadians. Yeah, you they, say strange when you could just say bad. It they, is not they, good. It is bad. They this drew is it the... when they had all their uh, fucking, they had poutine grease all over their fingers. <laughs> this is the rare knowing is half the podcast where all three of us are in unison destroying the property we're talking about. Rare. Here we are. I mean, to be fair, though, when you ask for suggestions for Patreon, <laughs> they try to end the show. That's a weird thing. To be honest, like this is this is the best. Uh, like like this is a good. If you're gonna suggest something on Patreon, they e- they either need to be like a surprising delight, like whatever we did last time, which I can't remember now. But I was like, oh, Liberty's the- kids. No, the the um. Little the, mermaid. The they turn into animals and they have to go into like. Oh, the, visionaries. Yeah, visionaries. Yeah, visionaries. Delightful. Surprisingly, I was like, hell, I'd watch this. Yeah, that was or, great. It, like you either need it to be like surprisingly a delight with like some some ridiculous flourishes or so bad that we're all angry about it. So good job. <laughs> no, I, give it up to Vince for, for pulling this one out. This is, yeah. God bless America. I mean, I, I, I hate him, but also yeah, he did. He did it correctly. And this is the other thing. So they send in the mutants uh, to attack the planet. They don't seem like, again, they have a force big enough to hold a planet, but also their plan is to shoot lasers at that one spot where the racetrack is, then send in a handful of uh, mutants in like uh, space uh, where to go and, and, and fight people at that one spot on the planet. Tiny planet. Tiny but planet. if you have those lasers, why not just shoot the lasers down at the planet and then, you know, walk in and I don't know. They also use the word years becomes the word tokes. And I did not, I did not, I generally like it when like Battlestar Galactica's, you know, as fragging, uh, right, is a, uh, is fracking. What was fracking, thank you. Fracking yeah. thinks uh, is like, is there a replace? I usually like it when a show is like, it's all English, but 1% we change specific words. Uh, but here I hate it. I, I hate it. I hate that they, they say it like three times in the episode, refer to tokes being it. It's going to take us many tokes to get there. Go after yourself. I did not care for that. Uh, I, I mean, I admit that I didn't. This this was fine. I, this to me is like a, a, a parsec or something like that. Yeah, that good. Star Wars, I'm sorry. You fumbled the bag on that. I know you think you did it right. You didn't. That's terrible, too. Parsec. We'll never find it. The location of the fountains has been lost for hundreds of tanks. Hundreds of tanks. Tanks? I thought I heard tokes. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just, I was so mad. I couldn't even think straight at this point. Yeah, there was um, another one that was uh, like uh, uh, Xerons. Yeah. Like, you should have returned Xerons ago. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, dude, no. I... I do not care for that in uh, my my science fiction. So there you go. Uh, and then because, I mean, look, it's the hidden, like this is the thing that kills me. Okay, here we go. Fo- follow me down this path. Uh, the, the, there's this healing waters of Enos and it's hidden away. No one knows where it is. He-Man shows up on the planet and goes, I don't know. I have this uh, Skyrim spell that's going to just, uh, uh, just going to divination spell. It's going to point me towards where the healing waters are. And he just points the sword forward, and then thankfully, forward is exactly the way they need to go in order to get to the healing waters. And Skeletor's already there. 
He's already at the healing waters waiting uh, yeah. for He-Man to ambush him. Now, if Skeletor knew where the healing waters were the whole time, one, why didn't he just, you know, bottle this and sell it as an antidote and make billions on every planet of the galaxy or destroy it so there's no antidote outside of his control like before He-Man gets there? Every part of this plan pisses me off. Also, I will say, like, the 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 bad writing part of this is that we know Skeletor, like, Skeletor knows He-Man is headed there, so he's laying a trap. But because we know He-Man is faking being afraid, there's no peril at all. We already know None. that He-Man can, He-Man can defeat Skeletor. He's done it hundreds of times. The only thing Skeletor is relying on is, like, Oh, well, he's going to be too afraid to really fight me. But we know that's not the case. So, again, this whole He-Man is faking it thing is just a terrible plot point. From, from a writing standpoint, it's bad. Like, all, because all we're like, the, the, the second He-Man was like, oh, it's not affecting me. There's no real peril. I mean, the Nothing. only thing is like, can he make it back in time to help those weak women protect the planet? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently the boys don't give a shit, so uh it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. he should have not even bothered to save them. Well, let's cut back to the weak women. Uh because the mutants are attacking and the women are flying. They they got they have like a handful of them and they're flying around uh shooting them down. And I just love the fact that there's a dude on the ground who points to the sky and just says, "Who could possibly be flying those things?" Hold on. Here's here's the first line. And it's time for us women to go into action. Which I mean just uh is a delight in and of itself. It's just uh, uh it's just a succession of of yeah, em- women empowerment in air quotes cuz like they sh- they don't have the strength to do anything yeah. except tend animals and assist uh, sages. Well, is it really empowerment if if we don't have several characters all throughout the show saying that they can't do these things and then being proved wrong? What if I turned around and it just turned out they were competent and did things and we didn't call attention to the fact that no one believes in them? I don't know. Maybe a better call. It's also like it's it makes me hope that this society is destroyed if like they didn't already realize that again, it just feels so regressive to have 80s He-Man be like, hey, look like look who we've got in our world. We've got Tila. We've also got Shira. Like there's a ton of, of I mean, not a ton, but the women that are there are are ass kickers. Yeah, competent. And then. A decade later, they're like, hey, let's reboot this. But like if we could make it much, much more sexist, that would be great. (laughs) It's just like, what are they doing? It's terrible. It is the inevitable result of eight years of Reagan, uh, two years at this time of Bush. Just it's, it's just terrible. And do you have the sound pole for the mutant who's blown out of the sky by the women pilots? And he's talking like a guy on the internet talking about the Captain Marvel movie a few years ago. (laughs) You miserable meddling females! I mean, that's it, man. That's that's what I that's what I think of when I think of Comics Gate. 
You know, yep. <laughs> just shouted to the heavens. Mm-hmm. Kind of ridiculous. Uh, but let's get away from this this great fight where the women are totally being disrespected and still, and they're not even really winning. They're just hanging on. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is also like wild that you would do this storyline and that they just like, I don't know, they're not losing so bad. <laughs> you know, crazy. So uh, He-Man, uh, I just put here, uh, uh, oh, He-Man gets restored. He gets the healing waters on him, which is just weird because it wasn't affecting him at all. Uh, no, um, no, no, no. Uh, he was. Uh, this wrong? Gleep is uh, asking to restore him. Oh, all right. It was it was a little weird. Please allow me to restore He-Man to his original self. Wait, yeah. I didn't really get that. Why would we need to do that? I don't know. Uh, well, no, that's because that's part of the ruse. And oh. then Kilator comes in and is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he turns his back and He-Man's like, no, attack. So Look, I will say that Skeletor has two henchmen with him, which seems like not enough, even if He-Man's, you know, shitty. Uh, one of those is a is a black, a large black man, very muscular, uh, with this two-handed rock weapon that I didn't really understand. And I mean, if I you did- played uh, Tears of the Kingdom, you would know. Okay, well, thank you. You're probably right. Uh, but Gleep, Gleep has a fire hose attack that he uses on the only black character that we've seen and then washes him out with a fire hose. And I got I got I got real uncomfortable watching this I, section. I'm not going to lie. It's I because at first I was like, is that water? What the hell? And then it like kind of sticks on him and he slips on it. So it's some form of goo or slime, uh, it, whatever it is. It's something that uh, this semen. robot carries in him. Semen, robot semen. For, should it, be, could be. Robo jizz. Yeah. Either okay. way, the optics are not good, Skeletor. I mean, I don't know. Uh like I would be into robots jizzing on people. Okay, for- you know what? I take it all back. Uh, Chan has found his new uh, obsession, and that's fine. Uh, he man just walks over and uh, uh, this first guy, first henchman, uh, just throws him, just picks him up and throws him away. And then this uh, this uh, black guy comes over, who I don't know his name. Uh, he man just picks him up and just tosses him away like a piece of shit. And uh, uh, Skeletor. Uh, tries to use his magic to drop a carve a big rock out of like a thing and then drop it on top of He-Man, uh, which is great. But He-Man like you know dodges out of the way, and uh, he has a, he has a fun quip. He says like, "Oh, uh, this uh, you tried to give this to me, but the package has your name on it, or something like that." Yeah, uh, you, you you were a vegan and now you'll be gone. Is that, is that what he said? <laughs> Something like that. Well, I like the fact that Skeletor tries a second attack. He picks up physically the rock and tries to smash He-Man with it, who just holds his sword out and like vaporizes the rock. And and Skeletor's like, "Well, crap, <laughs> this plan isn't working." Oh yeah, here here it is. Thanks for the gift, but it has your name on it. That I was is close. very good writing. Very yeah. good writing. Um. So they they get the water from the springs and they're like, how do we get this water, this liquid, to back to the planet? And he says, oh, I'll use, uh, uh, you know, I'll use the magic and I'll freeze the water magically. Use sword. Yeah, and he used the sword to freeze the water into a big rock that they just use I, a little. I believe like, frozen water is called ice, Ray. In some places, maybe. Um. 
And this, this is, is and this pirates. is where and this is where my questions start, okay? This just now. Um everybody says, "Oh no, the women are losing this battle." Yep. They're barely hanging on. Primus is finished. And I'm like, near as I can tell, the only place where any combat is happening is this one racetrack in this one place on Primus, Tiny why do planet. you keep saying the whole planet is gone? Tiny planet. I don't understand. Like, I'm not seeing the stakes that y'all are seeing. Um, it just doesn't. The planet. I don't. I don't it's, like it. He-Man then shows up. They melt the ice and create rain all over the planet. I guess, but mostly around this one racetrack. And so the uh, also that's the not how rain back works. So the men can finally win. It's not how rain works. It's how rain works, apparently. Um, uh, and and the men the men end up winning the day because then they could all fight the mutants who run away. I mean, but the good thing is that uh, He Man very condescendingly gives some credit to the chicks in the end, which is almost worse than if he had just said you guys were losing. At the very end, uh, the mutants are running away. They're getting into their ships. And the two women are like, let's uh, uh, give them something to remember or whatever. They take the pistols, the, the two pistols that have been dropped by the mutants and shoot down two of the fighters that are escaping. That was crazy. And that is supposed to be like, hey, uh, empowerment. <laughs> Look, the rescue ship. Good job, ladies. I'm surprised this didn't end with... Because basically, like, you know, the the day is saved and someone's like, good job, He-Man. And he's like, no, no, it wasn't me. It was these cute little ladies and this stupid robot. And everyone's like, okay, it wasn't, but but <laughs> thanks for saying it. And I'm surprised this episode didn't end with them being like, now kiss, ladies. Oh, it'd be like that movie Kids. That is, is that what's going on on, uh, um, oh boy, um. I was about to say Entourage. That's not the HBO show I'm thinking of. It's the one with all the kids doing the sex. Yeah, that was the that was the HBO. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm talking about. What is the name of that show? Um, kids. It's literally uh, no, just called it's Kids. Not, it's, Euphoria. No, oh, I'm you're talking about Euphoria. Oh. You are. <laughs> all right. Look, I'm old. That was an old reference. I don't care. Um, no, it, let's guys. This is where. So we cut. Okay, we've won the day. And we cut back to the race. And now, apparently, the race is teams now. It's the same four racers again. But this time, the ladies are on a team together. But they weren't before. And I'm, at this point, lost when it comes to the rules of this race. Uh, I wrote, what even is this race anymore? Because the ladies uh, very clearly finished 1-2. Mara wins and Drizzly finishes second. But now they're a team. So they share the trophy and I'm like, is it, do they just have this trophy is huge. So do they just have like a weekly race with the same four people and you win a giant trophy every single time? Like what, what are the, why, what I don't, what is happening in this goddamn race? And also like the men, the guy obviously has proven that he is a better racer. Yeah, so he lets uh, her win, right? Yeah, he yeah, lets her win. Yeah. Or I got that vibe too. Yes, yes. Was- like, 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 as a thank you for for pretending to save us. I, I just, I hate it so much. I hate everything about it. And even if he doesn't let her win, 
Like, if I was in that situation, if someone was like, hey, you're only hope to save the world, and then I didn't at all save it, and the men had to come back and help me, and then they were like, hey, you did a good job, and then I, like, won in a race, I would never, for the rest of my life, I would be like, cool, I'm never racing again because I'm, I can never be sure if those guys let me win or not. I hate everything about this. I mean, maybe that was the plan. <laughs> Could have been the plan all along. I just, I just like, if you're going to create, if you're going to create a fictional sport, right? Make, let me understand the rules. That's, I'm so neurodivergently upset about the fact that this race just changes based on a whim and doesn't keep consistency. Um, And I just don't get it because again, Mara clearly wins. Drizzly clearly finishes second place. And then the next shot, and we established in the previous race, one person wins and stands on the podium at number one. But now, suddenly, this time, the two of them win together, stand on the podium as a team with holding the trophy aloft. And everybody's like, yeah, I, we all knew women could do it. For, for all womankind, they won this for <sighs> women everywhere. I and that's the universe. And that's just how we end the episode. But it isn't. We have a PSA, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are we, back. Did we watch this PSA somewhere at some I, point? Because yeah, I, do, you know, I do remember, and I, and I was gonna say, like, it had to either be, I guess, He Man or GI Joe, right? Because I remember a sunblock PSA. Well, I will say the the Deke era GI Joe literally ripped off almost verbatim the same PSAs with the new cast and just did them again. So it is definitely in the realm of possibility mm. that this He-Man ripped off previous He-Man PSAs verbatim and just did them with the new cast. Uh, in this one, uh, we're on the beach and that one of our hero idiot male characters is getting a tan, but has apparently never heard of sunscreen <laughs> or skin cancer. Lips out. Like, oh my God, my beautiful skin. So I guess he's coded um, gay or just uh, narcissist. Yeah, he's which... got lots of muscles. He has a very beautiful body, I will say, for a man. Um, uh, so maybe, I don't know. But the fact that they say, hey man, are you wearing sunscreen? He's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And they're like, you know, being out in the sun like can age your skin. And this is the first time anyone has presented any of this information to this character ever. Because he's immediately like, ah, I need more sunscreen. My, I'm going to age fast. Oh, no. But then you cut back and he's just sitting under an umbrella in the shade anyway. So he wasn't, I don't know. <laughs> this is just weird. This is just, I don't understand it. Much like the race, I do not understand what's happening in this uh, PSA. They either. also say that you can wear a sun hat, and both of the women are sun wearing hat. larger hats. And that cuts back to him. He was not wearing a hat, and now he is wearing a baseball cap. Yes. Um, which will protect you from the sun's rays, uh, your whole body, because he is wearing just a Speedo. Yeah, he is not wearing a lot of clothing. Uh, let me go ahead and say that as well. He is, he is a magnificent, beautiful man. Uh, uh, who is apparently too dumb for words. He is way hotter, or I guess more uh, something than He-Man. Uh, he's He's got way more muscles than He-Man, which is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They made, like, again, they made him way more muscular than I think I even would notice otherwise. I don't know. Maybe I'm fixating on this too much, and maybe I'm telling on myself uh, and playing the long game. 
I don't know. Guys, I have these feelings and I don't understand them. We'll, we'll explore that in a future episode. Are, can we not? Ever? Please? Guys, let's never discuss it in a future episode. I'm good with that. So this is the ending. That is the new adventures of He-Man. Uh, big thumbs down, I think, from all three of us. Big stinkeroonie. The idea of watching 65 episodes of this makes Ooh. committing ritual suicide look like a decent option. This is very much in the wheelhouse of G.I. Joe uh, uh, season two. The the D-Care. The the it's very reminiscent yeah. of D-Care. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, yeah. this was like... I I don't I guess I didn't what year did we say this was oh 1990, 1990? Yeah. seems kind of late to still be doing PSAs doesn't it like post cartoon PSAs you think but they uh, needed I mean, to like, fill time yeah D Caro uh, was like 89 through 90 uh, GI Joe uh, and they were still doing PSAs so I think we were just starting to phase them out at this point. Um, that was a 1980s thing very specifically. And I think by the time we get to the early 90s, they go bye bye. I mean, and listen, I know fine. that they don't work, but I say bring them back just for the sheer delight. Sure. Uh, don't they work? I knew that if you see a downed power line, that it's OK to jump your bikes <laughs> over it, but don't try to move it off the road. I mean, I'm sure that they've like done some study that was like, oh, you know, like the only thing that really works is like. I don't know, repetition of a thing or something. I'm sure it works on like really little kids though. Like if they, if they're like, Oh, don't get into a car with strangers. I mean, I certainly remembered from an early age that if someone comes up to you and says, Oh, your mom sent me, you like, yeah, my mom clearly sent this stranger to pick <laughs> me up and I should go with them and not question it. Like yeah. you're, you're supposed to like go and find an adult and say like, can you find out if the, if my mom really did send this person kind of thing. And you know, when I was, when I was little, my parents and I did like fire drills in the house. So in case there was a fire, here's what we do. We go to the, we go to like the window and this is, you know, like my mom goes down first and then my dad, you know, like we, we did stuff like that. So I guess like kids can learn about dangers, uh yeah i'm not sure why they maybe like at some point they had gotten so made fun of for these like psas that they were like you know oh we can't do these anymore because they're not cool i don't well, know I mean, they, they are they are pretty cringe uh let's just i want more of them the cringier the better i feel like if you're trying to teach kids things you go the pokemon route because there's no reason i should know all 151 original pokemon <laughs> i do but you do because that fucking do. song, man. Yeah, that's the same with like Tiny Tunes when they're like singing the Capitals or singing like, you know, or or uh, Animaniacs or something like that. The countries of the world. Everybody knows those songs. Yeah. Mexico, Panama. You know, nailed it. Peru? Nailed it. Peru. Peru a country? Yeah. Aunt Peru is her own country now. <laughs> wow. um, nailed you know, it. And, and you know, uh, uh, and the the capitals, the U.S. capitals. I mean, I think honestly, I think legitimately that has helped widen people's knowledge base uh, of yeah. a certain age. One hundred percent. So that's good. And uh, did we actually book, Chana? You've been you booked out like literally the next six months of episodes. Uh, I did, did you a book bunch. out the odds and ends episode about the rap videos and stuff? The what? Was that part of the things? Remember, we're going to do like uh, all the, some PSAs, some G.I. Joe adjacent videos that, you know, and that kind of stuff. Interesting. 
because we talked about it. Like, and then I know you booked a bunch of stuff. That certainly you seems did not book like that. a thing that we would have talked about at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. So okay. Well, guys, one of your suggestions is going to get shit canned by me, so we can do that someday. <laughs> okay. Look, if it's something going to get shit canned, it's going to be another episode of GI Joe. So just know that. Well, that's depressing. For who? It's a great question, Jan. I cannot answer it at this time. I do know I do not ever want to do another episode of the new adventures of He-Man. So you patrons, next time we ask if you suggest this, yes, I'll do another episode of the new adventures of He-Man, but understand that I will not like it, which might make you request it more. I should stop okay. saying that. This that. episode is over now. This is uh, facebook.com slash knowing us half the podcast. You could always, uh, I don't know, email the show, knowing us half the podcast at gml.com. We don't talk about that often enough. Patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. Hey, you know, one thing I noticed, uh, it's been a little while since we've gotten our last big, cool five-star review on iTunes. If you're on and you're listening to at this point of the show and you haven't already, please go us on your podcast app and give us five stars and a nice little written review. It is the literal minimum that you could do that would help us out uh, going forward. And, I, you know, it's been a while since we've gotten one and I'd like to see one. Uh, from somebody so please go on and do that that would be a personal favor to me and i would appreciate it of course the patreon i mentioned before you can go on and you know honestly like we don't do enough with the patreon that's why we wanted all these suggestions because y'all are great quite honestly we respect you we love you and we uh, would like to do more for you off of it because the the real ones are on the patreon and we do uh love to see that uh otherwise you know you can find us on twitter at gi joe podcast or on Instagram at knowing is half the podcast because I started doing that a little bit. Mm. Isn't that just your account? No, I created a new one, Almighty Ray 316, which is also on threads. You can find me on threads at Almighty Ray 316. Can I just tell you that like every three days I remember <laughs> that I have a threads. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that it exists and then I have a threads and then I'm like, I guess I'll go on and see what's up on there and it is I mean, just stressful <laughs> it's I, here's the deal threads is on paper great i think they need to do some work before it really will catch fire i go on and i post something on threads that i don't post anywhere else uh, and then ooh, i see it get content. literally zero engagement for three days i've and then been I get trying depressed. to when i see yours i've been trying to like because i am some for some reason getting engagement and so I'm trying to make you look cooler, you know, like a like a cooler big sister at a school when they're like dorky, gross little brother joins the school and they're, and you're like, OK, I'll walk down the hall with you. So I've been trying to like your shit. I'll be honest. I appreciate it. And that analogy is perfectly. Acceptable. I've been trying to like Ray shit not for wrong. ages and I just can't do it. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's a tough sled. Um, so now I have to like screen grab off of threads and post those on Twitter to get actual engagement. Like there's one like a uh, fake bot account who's been liking all my stuff, uh, who really wants me to add them to my on steam. Uh, so yeah, great. Awesome. Yeah. You're real. You're a real person with your no, no posts ever, but liking my stuff. Yeah. Thank you, ma'am. But I'm not buying it. You know, we actually got, we actually got, I'm going to say this. We got uh, an email to our email, this is why I mentioned this was fresh in my mind from somebody. And let me just, I'm going to read this uh, a little, little string here from, oh my God, what is this? Okay. From that? somebody named Maya Ellie. Hey, are you interested in running paid advertising campaign on your Facebook page? We pay $700 for one ad. 
Uh, no pro- profile picture attached to this at all. I wrote back, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Response, we are working with 100s multinational <laughs> brand ads. Can be anything, but we still send you all ads related to your page. And you can see all ads. Then you can choose ads and post on your page. We will send you 10 ads daily, and you can choose two ads of your choice and post on page under your profile by yourself. These ads will last 24 hours on page. After 24 hours, you can post two ads again. At this point, I'm like, you have mentioned no, like your company name. You have mentioned very little about how it, and our, our Facebook group is delightful. But one ad on there is not worth $700, you know? <laughs> that seems... My my bat signal's going off, right? My spidey sense. Quality, not quantity. We have quality people we there. We do. I mean, we absolutely do. But I just wrote back, sounds like a scam. I, I have now gotten two new messages. We only need to work on Facebook page. There is no need to worry. Worry, we don't want to access to your page. Great. They just need access to your bank account. Followed by a new message that is either written in, I believe this is Spanish, uh, <laughs> for some reason, I have this second message that came three minutes later. Estamos asociados a mais de 1,000 marcas e empresas em todo o mundo en teo pode ser qualquer... Anyway, it's a long thing written in Spanish uh, to accompany this other message. I don't think I'll be responding anymore. <laughs> uh, what a wild thing to happen. So anyway... That's the thing that happens on our email. So thanks to whoever sent that to us. I am assuming you're listening to our podcast right now. I'm assuming you are a real person and not a bot. And your name is Mara or Maya Ellie. Maya Ellie. So thank you, Maya Ellie, with a definitely real profile picture that popped up only after I started responding. And your very real offer of money. Oh, I have an option. You know, it gives you options to just respond quickly back. Uh-huh. I have three options in Spanish that have popped up to this all Spanish. I can respond with, okay, muito obrigada, or pode dijkster, or neo obrigado. Uh, which one of these should I respond? I won't respond. This is <laughs> even happening. This episode's over and I'm still going. I think it's because we're still so early and Gina hates it when we end early. Ugh, right, Gina? Ugh, I hate everything about this. I'm still mad that you guys loved this sexist episode so much of He-Man. Wait, what are you talking about? You said it was your favorite I... episode you've ever seen of anything. I... Hi, I'm Kevin Goatee. Hey, I'm Kevin Israel. We host Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best and most unique movie debate podcast out there. Why? Because we invite our guests to pick a film that they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. They must pick a film that is a financial success, widely beloved, or critically acclaimed. 
That's right. Some of the films our guests have tried to eviscerate Raiders of the Lost Ark, Pulp Fiction, Ghostbusters. You can find us on all podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you want to watch our smiling faces, we're also on YouTube. Guttingthesacredcow.com is where you find all of our information. And we look forward to our guests infuriating you when they attack your favorite films.